Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Most of your votes today on the NFL playoffs, most of the looking forward is on the college football national championship game. Also this weekend, history was made. Brad Brownell led the Clemson Basketball Tigers to Chapel Hill and ended a 95-year-old streak that had been nothing but wins for the Tar Heels at the expense in Chapel Hill of the Clemson Basketball Tigers. Coach Brownell also knows that Dabo Sweeney guy well, so maybe we'll squeeze in some football. But we congratulate him best of the weekend style as we welcome him back. Happy New Year, Coach. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Good to be with you, my man. Hope you're well. Doing very well and uh, stunned by what I saw at the Smith Center this weekend. I believe you have shared with us in the past. It's on your radar, this streak. You weren't around 95 years ago or through many of those 59 games. But nevertheless, even though you have bigger goals, it seemed like there was something special. Tell us about getting drenched in the locker room and all those hugs that went around because wherever it is on your list of goals, y'all did something special, it seemed, at the Smith Center this weekend. Yeah, no question about it. Um, you could see the emotion in our players' faces and my face after the win. It was very meaningful. Um, it, you know, we've talked in, in the past about how we don't, we don't make a big deal about it leading up to the week. We don't, we don't beat the drum of, of we got to end the streak or anything like that. We just try to get prepared and play well. And uh, to be honest, we didn't play very well the first half. Uh, I thought we had some good shots and, and really looked a little nervous and antsy and excited. And, and, uh, but we did hang in there and, and uh, kind of just kept battling. And that was kind of my message throughout the day that, it, that if we can just hang in there, we're going to make a couple threes back to back, and if you can do that, uh, momentum's going to change, and we can put some game pressure on them, and and anything can happen. And the, the strategy wasn't to wait until we, to to get down nine with two minutes to go, but uh, it just worked itself out. But I'm really proud of the way our players played the last couple minutes of regulation, and then I thought we played outstanding in overtime uh, to get the win. So certainly was a lot of fun. Uh, our guys celebrated big time the rest of that day, and. Uh, now we get to play the Dukies here tomorrow, so uh, <laughs> to, on to work and business at hand. Brad Brownell is joining us on the David Glenn Show. In 2018, he led the Tigers to one of the best seasons in school history, 25 wins, third in the ACC, a Sweet 16 trip, and, of course, this weekend they finally got it done in Chapel Hill. It's weird how timing can matter so much in life, Coach. I imagine if this win over the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill had happened in a different year or in a different place on the calendar, it would be front and center for all of Clemson athletics. I mean, again, not as your number one goal, but you've just gotten a lot of feedback from a lot of people who might, whatever, hate the Tar Heels or maybe they're tired of hearing the streak. Dabo and the boys are on national TV tonight with some business to attend to. Was there any like anything lost in the moment, given that your big win in Chapel Hill kind of crisscrosses with this big game in New Orleans tonight? You know, um, Yes, a little bit. If if they weren't playing in tonight's game, there, it would probably be talked about more on radio, and and we'd have people around campus to, to, to <laughs> come give us a hug or whatnot. But uh, the one cool thing was, you know what? All of our fans and a bunch of our fans were down in New Orleans, and they were all kind of watching the game together, cool, in bars and hotels and and restaurants. And so we got all kinds of video from Ipte and and. Alumni Association and different groups of people that had hundreds of people watching the game together. So, you know, we saw the reaction of our fan base after the win. And for those people to kind of enjoy that game together amongst each other, 
that was pretty cool. And obviously we, we got a bunch of texts and calls and uh, well wishes and all that. But, uh, you know, that pretty much is dissipated now. By Monday it's time for football. I think even our, our team is, like, excited for our guys and the football team to, to see if they can win their third national championship. How much crossover is there at Clemson between these football players and men's basketball players? I see athletes in various sports, you know, showing up at each other's games, et cetera. And, of course, after you explain that, you have to tell us, did you give Dabo Sweeney any special plays or play calls for tonight's game against <laughs> LSU? Uh, well, I can tell you, first of all, there's, there's no special plays or play calls. <laughs> from us. That's for, that's for doggone sure. They're they're more than capable and, and going to play great tonight. Uh, but, no, there's a lot of crossover between coaches and players. And, I mean, this, the, the Clemson family is real. A lot of people talk about it. We live it here. It's just a unique culture. It's a unique place with, uh, you know, 20,000 students in a small college town, extremely small college town. We're, we're just around each other a lot. And, uh, you know, we enjoy spending time together. And, and uh, Clemson's such a fun place that, that, that the student-athletes really – have a great time together, get along, and, and uh, it's just a – it's really a cool place to go to school. It's an unbelievable place to live and work. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of interaction with not just the football coaches and football team, but but uh, a lot of folks in, in all parts of the campus. Clemson coach Brad Brownell joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach underscore Brownell. I get this question a lot, Coach, and I've gotten to know Dabo a little bit over a decade or so. You're around him a lot more often. How do you answer the question? of how a guy who had never even been a coordinator before goes from no-name wide receivers coach to essentially building one of the greatest dynasties in the history of ACC football. I mean, how many layers are there to that cake? Well, there's a lot. And, uh, I mean, he's a special guy. And, and, you know, one of the things that I'm always asked is he really liked that, what yeah. you see on TV. And that's that's who he is. It is. I mean, he is. He is that way. He's that enthusiastic. Um, he's a very bright guy. He's highly motivated. Um, you know, he's smart enough to know when he needs help, and then he hires good people. And so he went out and got guys like Chad Morris and Brent Venables and uh, and really lets those guys work. Uh, but he's he's the architect of the program. He, he points the compass of where they're trying to go. And, and he had a vision for this place, and uh, it's certainly – you know, one that I don't know if anybody believed it would be this this level. Um, we all knew that maybe you could win another national championship, but to be playing in four out of five and to be going for his third is is really remarkable. And recruiting rankings are still like they keep getting better and better. And, and there's just a there's a synergy here that that you you feel amongst the, the 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 other programs as well. Like you can you can see it in their program, and it's really uh, challenged all of us to try to be better and. and uh, it's really helped our university, but uh, he's a remarkable coach and, and a, a tremendous leader. And that's, you know, he's an outstanding recruiter. He just and leader of people, and that's why he's done what he's done. Brad Brownell is joining us. He led UNC Wilmington to great heights here in our backyard, also Wright State, before taking the job at Clemson. He is now the 10th-year head coach of the Tigers, coming off, of course, that big win in Chapel Hill. You've been around athletics forever, so you know that every time there's a happy locker room, there's also a sad locker room. Uh, Roy Williams described himself as about as despondent as he's ever been. He, he just felt like he let his players down late in that game. Uh, can you share anything about either your quick handshake and the handshake line or, you know, the nature of your relationship with Coach Williams? Because you've been around long enough, man, that uh, 
it always feels good to win, but in some cases, those wins mean uh, really, low, really low lows for your opposition. Yeah. Well, it's really hard. Um, you know, obviously, they're going through a tough time right now. And, and uh, you know, as a coach, the worst thing you feel is when, when you've let your players down. And I, I, yeah, I guess that's how Coach felt because of what he said. But, you know, I reminded some folks that, you know, he's won three national championships, you know, whatever. He's almost got 900 wins. I mean, what he's achieved in coaching is is remarkable and and uh you know but i think obviously he's very genuine and and i think he's heartfelt when he says that he, he feels bad and as a coach that's the worst feeling is when you feel like you didn't help your players um so that's you know that's something none of us like to see or, or feel and we've all been there uh, at one time or another we've all made a coaching decision or two that hasn't worked out and obviously that's not what we're trying to do but um it's hard and uh, uh, you know, they're going to be fine and they're going to get back and, and coaches is going to do a fantastic job uh, getting those guys back on track. These are long seasons. Basketball is an incredibly long season. Uh, We all deal with all different kinds of adversity, whether it's wins and losses, tough calls, you know, luck or whatever that goes your way or against you injuries. uh, It's just hard, but uh, um, he certainly will, will have them humming again soon. I'm sure. Some of your guys mentioned in the post game that whatever you saw on video showed that the Tar Heels had crumbled at times late in other games. What, what would, how would you describe two minutes to go? I don't know your winning pr- probability chance when you're down double digits with two minutes to go. It can't possibly be very high, especially on the road. But f- just watching from afar, it looked like you guys were still convinced you could win down 10, two minutes to go on the road. What what were those huddles like, or what explains that attitude that your guys ended up saying, you know, was obviously central to ending up getting a, a victory in overtime? You know, it's um, this this team has been has been good uh, in difficult situations a few times. We. You know, we played in the World University Games this summer and were able to win a gold medal, and, and we probably had four games that came down to the last minute where we either had to score or get a stop or, you know, make clutch free throws, or, you know, then get a stop, just different things that we had to do. And for whatever reason, some of it just being good fortune, uh, our team was able to do it. We won every game and ended up winning a gold medal. Um, you know, last year's team, we were unlucky as you could be. We didn't have any good luck. and. Amir Sims' shot would not have gone in. Brandon Robinson's shot would have gone in. We probably would have lost the game. That happened to us about five or six times last year. We just felt like nothing good was going our way. This year's team, we've this is the second time we've been down in a situation like that, the other being at, uh, against Texas Christian, and we came back and won both games. And so I, I don't know if it's, you know, the players or what it is or if it's just this group, but there's a belief that this group has that they're going to keep playing and, I think that's the power of the three-point shot as well. I mean, it's you can you can make three threes in about 45 seconds, and, and momentum is completely turned. And so, um, everyone in, in college basketball knows that it's it's what makes it both great and also heartbreaking uh, for teams as well. But it's it's uh, something that we kept talking about in our huddles was, hey, all we need is hit a couple in a row, and we're going to be right back in it. So. Uh, give our kids credit for for trying to do that. Last thing for you, Coach, since you brought up Amir Sims, you've got a nice track record there at Clemson and your other stops as well. 
of just player development, uh, maybe for lack of a better phrase. I would have described Amir last year as just like a nice ACC-level basketball player. You know, not elite, not bad, you know, eight points, five rebounds a game, a nice player. Uh, what has he done? What have you done collectively? Uh, right now, he looks like he's an all-ACC candidate, and that doesn't happen by accident. Well, I appreciate that. He's, uh, you know, he's a very hard worker, and he's a guy that, uh, you know, is getting more opportunity now. We lost four senior starters and some guys that were really options one, two, and three, and he was probably option four last year. And when those guys graduated, yeah. he became option one. And uh, so some of it's just opportunity and uh, making the most of that by being prepared and putting time in the gym. And, and we certainly have worked with him a lot on his skill development, his three-point shooting, his his ball handling and passing and decision-making. And, and we run a lot of our offense through him. And so uh, we have a lot of faith and trust in what he's going to do. And, and uh, you know, I think some of it is just he's gaining experience and confidence uh, every week. And that, that is extremely helpful. Uh, but he's a hardworking young guy that has an unbelievable uh, personality. He's a great leader, and, and uh, we think he's got a chance to be a terrific player. Is it smart to stay out of the prediction business as a basketball coach? Are you going to give us a Dabo Sweeney gets the win tonight and offer us some? Oh, you know, absolutely, man. What do you absolutely, got? we're getting the win tonight. Give, give me some details. Give me a breakdown or a score or well, some kind I, of style. Yeah, I think a couple things we got to do is – Travis Etienne needs a big game. We right. need to be able to keep their offense off the field, so we need to run the ball a little bit better than we did uh, against Ohio State. Okay. Um, I like the fact that Brent Venables has had two weeks to get ready for this, Ooh. and uh, there aren't many better than him in terms of game planning and trying to figure some th some things out. And I'm sure we'll we'll come from various angles to put pressure on Joe Burrow and give them some different looks. But, <laughs> Look at uh, him go. <laughs> obviously, it'll be quarterback play. The quarterbacks and, yeah. and you know turnovers are usually a huge factor in the game. If you, if you, you don't turn the ball over, you're going to have chances. Uh, but I love our chances having been in this environment and winning the kind of game that, that our team had to win against Ohio state. And for, for uh, our quarterback to get knocked almost out of the game and then come back yeah. and play the way he did in the second half, he's a, uh, he's a remarkable young man. You've always been a versatile guy. I knew you would not let me down with your gridiron <laughs> analysis on National Championship Day. Hey, there you go, brother. Congratulations on the win. Thanks for squeezing us in after a busy weekend. Hope you get to enjoy the, the football game tonight. And, of course, uh, we'll see you battling those Duke Blue Devils here soon. Sounds good. Thanks, David. You got Appreciate it. Brad, it. Brad Brownell of the Clemson Tigers on Twitter at Coach underscore Brownell.